the DH. I really like Brett Laurie, and I bet I could watch you smack your A-Rod right all day. But when you're done doing whatever, when you're through playing whoever, you know that the Nats fans will be right here waiting for you. Well, welcome everyone to Resting Pitch Face, uh, episode 36. I'm Kay. I'm Laura. And I'm Sydney. You can find us on our website, restingpitchface.com. That has links to a whole bunch of things. Our Twitter, which is resting pitch face with no G. Best way to contact us, our email, restingpitchface at gmail.com. There's a button to subscribe to us on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. There's our RSS feed if you use a different uh, podcast subscription app. Um, there's our store if you ever want to check out some of our merch and maybe rep us a little bit. With all of that, we wanted to start on a really positive note today. Let's go Caps! Congratulations to Caps fans. We know there's a lot of crossover between Nats fans, Caps fans, not necessarily us, but we are really, 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 really excited for you guys. Um, this has been an amazing week. And just for me, like I've, I've never been a hockey fan personally, but being able to kind of take part in that secondhand joy has been really fun. I so thank you for that also. I think there's a certain amount of, regardless of whether you are or not a Caps fan, there's a certain amount of just like being a DC sports fan that you feel really, you feel really good and emotional about it just because it's like, finally DC, finally it's been 26 years, you know? Yeah. Like, and I think, I, I don't know if any of our listeners have been listening to the Sully baseball podcast either in general or since we were guests over there. Um, but Sully made a podcast episode actually just this past week talking about city sports curses, the DC sports curse, um, comparing it to Cleveland and basically saying if the Caps do it, obviously it won't change anything for the Nats, but just for the narrative, for the feeling, for the whole city, it'll be just a weight off people's shoulders in a really critical way. And I am certainly feeling that way. I think a lot of people are feeling that way. Yeah. Um, there's some tension that's been released. And I mean, I see this for like, so one of my coworkers is really the only thing she likes is the Washington semi-professional football team. And she was like overjoyed all morning just because it was something in her city that her city had done, regardless of like a curse or a narrative or whatever. It was just sort of like, we're all, for one day, we're all Caps fans, regardless of how much we care. <laughs> Do you hear my silence on this? <laughs> You don't care even for DC. I, I know. I do. I do. I'm, I am like, so for our listeners, for context, I was a very serious hockey fan for a long time, but um, I, I'm a little bit of an apostate from hockey right now. You're having a contentious divorce. Um, I, yeah. So the issue is one, I was a Pens fan. And I, I'm going to say that like this right now. Um, for, for a long time, I was in uh, college in Pittsburgh when, uh, during Crosby's first year. Like, you couldn't not be. And so there, that's sort of historically why that happened. Um, I, I feel really good for DC. It's, I, I'm, I'm very conflicted. There are many, many things I really liked about hockey. And there are so many things that I had to, to deal with in hockey that I just, I, yeah, contentious divorce, 
I feel apostate is actually the word I, I want. Okay. Um, so like I'm sort of, I renounced it because of some of the concussion stuff, because a lot of the racism stuff, mm-hmm. um, because of the, the sort of, oh, of course we're going to go visit the white house stuff. Um, but that was sort of a, a buildup to doing it. And, and some of it was frankly, because of um, the, the, clear cover-up in concussions that it was like I, I don't know if I can pay to watch this but at the same time did I get a little misty-eyed when Ovechkin lifted the cup for the first time I'm not made of stone of course I did <laughs> <laughs> like even my my sad little shriveled up pens liking heart who has a Phil Kessel winter classic jersey from when he was on the Maple Leafs because that's how much I loved him like even I got a little bit emotional and then was like, oh, they're adding it to each other. And then they're just going to like sweat at each other and be disgusting in each other's like mutually shared sweat and tears and snot. And it's so beautiful. <laughs> ah, I'm the Grinch. This is the stupid stuff that sports does to us. Yeah. You know, you d- people ask why. And you're like, because they yelled at each other. Don't you understand? <laughs> like they looked like deeply into each other's eyes and didn't notice the fact that they both probably smelled like the inside of a locker room filled of che- filled with cheese. Like, <laughs> hockey shit. Sm- uh, sorry, hockey stuff smells <laughs> the worst. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, they they you know I'm t- like yes. Did I get emotional about it? Absolutely. Am I happy for DC? I'm really happy. Am I upset that I have to travel on the day of the parade? I'm actually pretty upset. Like, I'm not going to be in town because I'm going to be on a plane. But yeah, congrats to Caps fans. I will say my joy does not go so far as to want to go down for the parade because I don't want to, you know, suffocate. The permits they put out for for like a hundred thousand people. Oh my god! And I'm like, no, honey, no, 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 no. Multiply that by at five at minimum, probably more like ten. Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding? The whole damn city is going to be there, and I'm going to sit home and be like, la la la. I am not in a huge crowd, getting very stressed. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be on a train to New York. There you also go. Probably good. Not from DC, obviously. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think, I think part of the Part of the DC sports joy can be very happily traced to many of the Nats players. Oh. At least on my end, um, the joy can be traced to many of the Nats players, particularly Max, who I'm not entirely sure wasn't up on a light pole. Uh, I'd be <laughs> very surprised if he hadn't, if he didn't climb something, you know, in public, whether it's a light pole or a shipping container or maybe the side of the Verizon Center. Excuse me, Capital <laughs> One Center. I'm going to do that forever. Um, you I, mean I, the MCI I would, Center? What? You mean the MCI Center? Is it the MC? That was before my time here. That was that was back <laughs> in the day. Yeah, it was the MCI Center. But yes, do I imagine Max Spider-Man up the side of something? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and just uh, okay. the sheer force of force of Max. Yeah, I mean the sheer force of Max can change the laws of physics. So. Um, yes. Yeah, the I mean, Zim being fired up, I want to say, know. probably like split the timeline. There's a timeline where that didn't happen. That made <laughs> me actually one of the happiest things in the world, like seeing Zim so just with the rah, stick, with the stealing. Did you notice their helmets had their numbers on them? Yes. It's just cute. It's sweet and it's cute. And I'm actually surprised that there weren't, well, maybe there were more Nats players there, but. Um, 
But everybody like, was so focused on Max and Zim yeah, leading the they chant. Went so over the over the top, and everyone else was like, "I'm just gonna sit back here with my cheap beer and like wave to some people." And Max was like, "Put me in, coach." <laughs> <laughs> well, and I was I was thinking I was like, you know, in the event that both goalies get injured, and I that's I said that injured. I said that I said that on Twitter. Yeah, I that, hockey enough to have said that. That I Max proclaimed a national holiday. <laughs> that Max well, would, could have could have been the backup goalie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah, the the emergency goalie. You know uh, what I mean. Yeah. Um. I th- I would, but I don't want e- bad things to ever happen to Braden Holtby or to Mark Andre Fleury. So mm-hmm. I I'm gonna put that put that thought out of my mouth. But yeah, Max Max I've as a goalie would be amazing. Before. I also I have to say I don't think I want anything to happen to Max, and he is statistically far more likely to get hurt in a hockey rink than he is on a baseball field. <laughs> so <laughs> Max, it's great that you have the enthusiasm, but maybe don't play hockey for my sanity <laughs> but yeah i know a bunch of them on a bunch of the nats players on twitter and they're actually so i have the tv on mute in the background because ovechkin's throwing out the first p- pitch today and the entire team's going to be there i'm assuming based on past experience they're all still drunk i would assume going so. to be drunk for the next five years <laughs> um like they, yeah they have to keep being drunk because otherwise then they'll get hung over so you have to like yeah keep it <laughs> Um, I think it was the Kings were on, were on a, some late night show and they're like, how many of you guys are still drunk? And they all kind of like cautiously raised their hands. <laughs> like, yes, we, yes, yes. I've been drunk for six weeks. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, I, they deserve it. I mean, absolutely. And the hockey playoffs are just insanity in terms of the number of games you have to play. Uh, and by the end of it, they'll release an injury report where we'll be like, did we all not notice that Nicholas Backstrom didn't have a leg? <laughs> <laughs> like, he had that puffy finger that we all noticed, but, like, did we all not notice that, like, his left leg was, was just missing? <laughs> it was just a, it was just a, an extra hockey stick propping yeah. up that side of his body. Pretty much. Yeah, they just, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll throw some tape on that. You'll be fine. Yeah. Um, which, like, I have to say, the, the amount to which hockey glorifies injury is actually like should shock yeah. the conscience but at the same time like they're gonna release an injury report where it's like dislocated his pelvis yeah game winning goal everybody oh. in their eyes like yeah. <laughs> like no yeah. arms no legs just yelling tis but a scratch like <laughs> yeah that's what the injury report's gonna look like yeah i also uh wanted to give a shout out so one um dc you know I think in, in the playoffs, you, you kind of always have that player you fall in love with. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the playoff hero is, is sort of a, a narrative that, that mm-hmm. pervades all sports. Yeah. Um, and it can be for one reason or another. Like sometimes it's prowess. Sometimes it's just charm. Yes. Um, or Face. sometimes a combination of both. But. <laughs> um, but yeah, like like Michael A. Taylor, I know we loved him before it was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, was that player for us last year in the playoffs? Yeah. Yeah. And sort of the, the I'm going to rise above my regular season stats. I'm going to do something heroic. I like had a freaking grand slam. I'm going to put the entire team on my back and still try to run the bases 15 times in a row. Exactly. <laughs> just like, I'm a, yeah. And in hockey, it's very much like, I'm going to put on my hard hat and get my lunch pail and go to work. And mm-hmm. so, um, but that player for the Caps was, was Devontae Smith-Pelly. Woo! Woo! Scored the game tying goal in the in the last game 
and who prior to that was basically like, are you going to go to the White House? And he was like, no. <laughs> yeah, he was just like, oh, but it's really racist and sexist and stuff coming out of there. So maybe no. No. Ever. Ever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I and I appreciated the, yeah, we might, we might lose, but like, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he has been consistently, in terms of being interviewed, a, a pretty good egg. Like, he's, he's fairly new um, to the Capitals, but has bounced around a little bit. Um, and has He's been a journeyman. If is that yeah. the word you want to apply to him? Yeah, yeah. that's a that's a, I think a fair assessment. Um, and hockey is certainly not without its problems with with endemic racism. Um, and cool. he's the the player that you get that listeners might remember was was shouted out. Um, people were shouting basketball at him in Chicago at a Blackhawks game, and a bunch of fans like to, um, donated a bunch of money to uh, Fort Dupont hockey um which was sort of a, a good end but i think i think dsp kind of got the last laugh on this one i i'd th- say so the other thing i want to give a shout out to is so there is a blog called color of hockey and they're th- at color of hockey on twitter yes well. um i think i have mentioned it on the podcast previously but in case i haven't i everyone- think again in the context of Devonte smith pelly yeah yeah, go follow them on Twitter, read the blog. It's excellent. It's written by a national news reporter who I know was also, I believe, in the minor league system for the Flyers at one point as a goalie. So, like, he, he played in the a- AHL, which is, like, double-A, triple-A hockey team um, associated with the Flyers. Um, and he's a hockey fanatic, and he does just excellent coverage of not only the NHL, but also the various both minor league systems and then development systems. So there's the, um, I think it's the major juniors league in Canada, which sounds like they should be small, but they are, are large. Uh, <laughs> they're large, big, they're, they're large little boys. Yeah, basically. Um, he also covers the, the NWHL and the CWL, which are the women's leagues. Mm-hmm. And just does a really, really excellent job of, of talking about non-white hockey players um, in a variety of contexts and settings. Uh, but yeah, please, please follow it. Uh, I, I did like it before it was cool because um, <laughs> I tangentially know the guy who does it and was on an email, an unbccd email list <laughs> as the original <laughs> blog on WordPress. So that's that's how long I've been sort of a, a fan. Um, but I, I feel that uh, he that he gets um, just really interesting stories and pulls a lot of really cool stuff together. So please, please give it a follow and give it a read. And as of yesterday, the lead story was on DSP. Yeah. So for all of any, any of our crossover uh, listeners and anybody who was a baseball person entirely who has jumped on the bandwagon, you know, good resources to start with, I guess. Um, so Chelsea Janes tweeted about half an hour ago and Adam Eaton quote, um, this is his third time taking a picture with the Stanley Cup. And he says, I was in Chicago. I take full responsibility. I think the cup follows me a little bit. It makes sense. It's science. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> he could fit in the cup. <laughs> you know how like they have the babies? Yeah, the I mean, that's exactly what my brain went to. Like, boop. <laughs> Just put him in the cup. Put him in the cup. Well, Sean Doolittle tweeted that he was going to eat his, this morning. He tweeted he was going to eat his um, cinnamon toast crunch out of it or something. Yep. <laughs> Uh, advice to anybody who is close to the Stanley Cup: get a Clorox wipe in there. Mm. Like that has seen some stuff. <laughs> like, well, they so like 
sorry, and we will segue back to baseball, but like they each get a day with a cup. And so like they drink beer out of it, they eat cereal out of it, they put their babies in it. Like these are the harm these are the like innocuous. Yeah. Things. Um, it's pretty standard practice for like the first night that they have the cup for like someone in the team to just cuddle it all night. Yeah. Um, so there's pictures of Ovechkin on the plane, like spooning with the cup. Um, <laughs> but like, that's tradition. So like, there's been some things in there that you probably don't want to know about. Like dump some hand sanitizer in there or something. Like, <laughs> ugh. Ugh. Well, presumably that guy who's in charge of it is like following it around and is three feet away from it at all times with a box of like Lysol wipes. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and I was going to say like, what is it? Sterile protocol, Lara? It's like 10% bleach and then ethanol. Mm -hmm. Yeah, do that. And then maybe some flame. I'm just imagining somebody trying to take a flamethrower to the Stanley Cup and oh like, everyone would just lose their minds. Like, no. Just, just stick to chloroprep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, Sean Doolittle, don't get the clap. <laughs> <laughs> Signed, Jimmy Dugan. <laughs> well, that's actually um, a good way to segue into something else that we did want to discuss for a little bit. Um, one of our longtime friends of the podcast, Liz V, uh, emailed us to let us know that it is the AAGPBL, their 75th anniversary uh, this week, this month, basically. So obviously, shout out to that. I'm sure people have been seeing, people who've been following us will probably be seeing a lot of the same things that we're seeing on, on Twitter about that. But there's some other stuff that we wanted to talk about, given that it is their 75th anniversary. And uh, some stuff that needs to be discussed, I guess. Yeah, so so obviously you guys know that we are all huge fans of women's baseball, girls' baseball, um, and baseball for everyone. Um, and, and the story of the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League is an interesting one because although it was one of the biggest opportunities for white women to play baseball, it was, of course, segregated. Um, which is just briefly touched upon in the movie A League of Their Own. If mm -hmm. you don't understand the context, for example, when I was watching it as a kid, I certainly didn't know what the scene with the unnamed black women and the tossing the ball back, I didn't know what that represented. It took me until I was older before I understood what that was, what that was hinting at. But it was certainly an important decision on their part to be a segregated league. And of course, um, MLB was still segregated at that time, so it was the norm, but that doesn't excuse anything. Mm -hmm. And I think we all agree that it's really important that as we talk about the history of women's baseball and as we celebrate things that have been positives for women's baseball, we also don't get too caught up in the positives to acknowledge the fact that that shouldn't have been done regardless of the time, that obviously there were incredibly talented Black women in baseball, um, several of whom got to play in the Negro Leagues. Um, and for those of you who follow Curly Fro on Twitter, she has been posting about this, how important it is that even when we acknowledge and celebrate the things that were positive about the league, we need to talk about the fact that black women were excluded and that that was not okay. And that some of the most talented, already established as talented black women in baseball, um, like Mamie Johnson, were not allowed to try out even when they tried to, you know, that we don't, that we don't lose that because... We talk a lot about racism in the game today, but I think it can be easy to be tempted to focus on the positives of something historical. And 
you know, it's there, there. It's great that there was this opportunity. It was an incredibly flawed opportunity, even for the women who did get to play. But the fact is that this was an opportunity for white women to play. There, I think there were a handful of Latina women who played, um, but that it was very clearly not an opportunity for black women. They were deliberately excluded. And even as we celebrate the 75th anniversary of the league and of the Rockford Peaches, which is what a lot of the coverage is focusing on, um, we can't do that without talking about the women who were not allowed in. Yeah, and I will say, so both the AAGPBL and you know Major League Baseball at the time were segregated, obviously, with excluding black players. I just wanted to touch on the, the Latino issue. A lot of Latino players did play in the Negro Leagues rather than yes. in the majors. Um, and again, it got into the U.S. categorization of who is white passing and who is not. Uh, but certainly there were some really great, particularly black Cuban players who played in the Negro Leagues mm -hmm. uh, because they were excluded from the majors. And so similarly, I believe that the sort of same standard of who is white and who is not white enough to play also applied to the women's team. It did, and yeah. I, I was bringing that up not to not to, you know, say that they were open to Latina players, yeah. but mostly to recognize that there were some who made it in because they were passing. Yeah, um, or because the rules were a little bit iffier, and if you looked white enough, I know that there were a handful of women players from Cuba, in particular, who did make it in, in spite of the fact that it was segregated. Um, and I just didn't want to erase them, regardless of the fact that that I'm sure it was very difficult for them, and they were the they were the exception, not the rule. Yeah, it's um, adding a layer of colorism to the overall racism. Yes. Yes. To go on with that, the other the other issue that you kind of that people kind of run into, particularly for the the three women who we talk about who played in the Negro Leagues, was that they they all played for a barnstorming team. Um, so they played for the Indianapolis Clowns with Tony Stone. I know played mm -hmm. for. Um, Quite a few teams. Quite a few teams and was not given the playing time that she wanted or deserved. Right. Um, but that within that, it wasn't, oh, it's segregated. So they're going to go and play for like a, a Negro League team, much like that. It was they were basically having to be on a team that was a fundraising team. Yeah. 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 And they were I mean, they were very much exploited as, yeah. you know, oddities. Yeah. Women who played brought in crowds <laughs> and then you know, they saw a fraction of the money that they were generating for the team. For, for as hard as it was for the white women to even get into and have an AAG uh, PBL, the, the black women who were playing had it twice as hard. Yeah. Even when they had opportunity. Yeah. Oh, at least. Yeah. yeah. And so it wasn't, yeah, I just yeah. wanted to sort of be yeah. clear about, about like sort of the role of the, the Indianapolis Cons. And it's, it's a, it's a interesting role because like Hank Aaron played for them. Like played for them, I think yeah. a year before Tony Stone might have, um, and so it did become a this is a a team team and a fundraising team, and it had to wear those two, you know, have those two roles. But it, you know, it was definitely not the oh, it's segregated out, so you can go and play in, in what was essentially another major league at the time. And it's like that's it's a lot more complicated than that. Yeah. Um, and so you know there is a, there is I think a very legitimate argument that um, particularly pre-integration, Negro leagues were another major league um, because it was the terminal league above which you could not be promoted. But that yeah, just going and playing there was like oh well they could go and do that. No, yeah. no, no, no. Even within the Negro leagues, there was a Marlins. 
It's not even a Marlin. <laughs> it was like a Marlin slash Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah. Like, but but again, it was one where Hank Aaron played for it. So mm-hmm. like, it was a minor league team kind of at that point because this is in the fifties and also a barnstorming team. And so it's not to denigrate that they played professional baseball. It's just it it, it does get into some complicated stuff. Just just to make sure that we get her recognized as well. We've mentioned Mamie Johnson and Tony Stone by name. Um, the third woman to play for the Clowns was Connie Morgan. Mm-hmm. Um, so we mentioned that there were three, but that was the name of the third player. And and there's been some really interesting, you know, not to not to move on from race per se, but there's been some really interesting talk recently, mostly because of an article written by Brittany De La Creta about um, sort of the other demographic that the AAGPBL attempted to exclude with, with much less success. Um, which was lesbians, queer women. Um, and, and if you haven't read Brittany's article, um, we would highly recommend it. We'll link to it. Um, yeah. But it was, it, was, it was a really excellent discussion of several people in particular who were women playing in the, in the league who either knew at the time that they were lesbians or bisexual or queer um, or didn't and, and sort of found out either while they were playing or later what was really interesting that Brittany did was kind of tracing obituaries and looking for the euphemisms that many people used to discuss their same gender partners in obituaries. Um, and so there were some really lovely stories, both about um, women who are still living and unfortunately about some who, who passed away and what it was like for them as queer women in the league, which had a lot of policies with the goal of sort of rooting out and excluding or at least preventing lesbian activity. Or just, I mean, also just preventing them from even getting in by a bunch of like, I don't know. Femininity. Yeah. Femininity Femininity rules, which were meant to weed out anyone who might be might be queer in one form or another because obviously they're not going to be feminine people. Right. That being, like, of course, what the what yeah, the mentality like, and, stereotype, but it's also more than right. And and there there are yeah. certainly many people for whom that is true, and gender yeah. expression being what it is. Um, right. Yeah, and then the so the femininity stuff, as well as some of the rules yeah. about fraternization, um, well, we're not just chaperones. It wasn't just to keep you from you know booze and men. It was also to keep yeah. you from booze and women. Yeah, it, it was all. I think one of the points that I took away from from Brittany's article was that it wasn't as much. It was less so to keep women looking like ladies, but it was the the goal of it was not to keep women looking like ladies. It the goal of it was to keep out anyone who might even remotely be perceived as gay, lesbian, queer, bi, whatever. Right, and like, perceived as well yeah. as reality. That was. I mean, yeah. it was an important part of their image. Right. Um, both to keep out women who actually were queer and to prevent anyone from thinking that any of their players could be. Yeah. So it was, it wasn't just a lot of times it's presented as those rules were just so that it was just a misogyny thing. Right. Well, and it, was, it was certainly a misogyny. Well, thing. right. Yeah. No, but I'm saying it's but just a misogyny. It was, it was, it was a, it was a homophobic misogyny yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to make that point, and I made it in a very like. No, you're you're great. I totally agree. With you. <laughs> I don't. You're. You, I totally yeah. agree with you. It was. It was both. It was a homophobic misogyny thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And I will say the the thing in the article that really, I will say, and and to apparently to this podcast is the one where I'm going to be like, squishy and teary eyed, but like I'm going to just lean into it. Do um. It. Was they were talking like the obituaries were like, you know, 
this person has passed away. There's, you know, survived by their longtime partner of 45 mm-hmm. years. Like this was a, a lot of them met, fell in love and stayed together for their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and in fact, she interviews um, the still living, uh, a pair of still living women who have been together for a long time, who have never been out really until now in their 80s in their 80s and that just like yeah yeah, that 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 got me yeah um (laughs) and i will say like um it was it was just you know and and the obituaries weren't just like oh you know we're gonna use some some veiled language to talk about who their partner was or they're succeeded by their you know survived not succeeded survived (laughs) by their longtime companion stuff like that but also like their longtime companion of 45 years 50 years yeah like this make... is this is marriage this is yeah. you know, um this is they're building their lives together and staying yeah. together for just such long times and it's that's that's what really got me in the article yeah. was thinking about how much society had changed for them but also how much those things that were pr- impressed upon them during their their stint in professional women's baseball had had stayed to yeah. the point where they hadn't they weren't out like weren't holding hands in public until they were in their 80s yeah um and that just like yeah that was that was for me the the real sort of emotional fulcrum of the um yeah of the the article and i would i would suggest that that folks read it themselves because yeah uh it 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 got me in the feelings yeah yeah well speaking of lesbians <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> which I usually am, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, it was night out on uh, Tuesday, this past Tuesday, June 5th at Nats Park. So, yeah. and it was Shur's day in addition to, yeah. in addition to night out, which was, was excellent. Uh, Kay and I went. Yep. I'm jealous. A night out, I will tell you, was, was in part orchestrated by a friend of the podcast, Jen Rubenstein. Mm-hmm. And she was down on the the actual field before the game, as she should have been. As she should have been, because she was she was part of the the committee that helped organize it. And uh, Sean, she was you know with with Sean Doolittle, um, who because of the Supreme Court decision about if you could discriminate against people in a in a bakery, um, you know, in, in terms of not making them a cake, which. To be clear, the decision per the ACLU was like, no, you can't. Um, and it's a right. very like narrow decision. And it's already actually been cited by another court. In the opposite. In the op- yeah. yeah. Um, but Sean Doolittle bought everyone rainbow cake. And we didn't get any. Why um, didn't you get any? It was for the organizers of Night Out. Was that, all, was that what it was? I no. thought it was for everybody who bought a special ticket. Maybe, but we didn't get cake. It's, we it's couldn't. I couldn't figure, Sid got there a little bit late and I could not figure out how it worked. So maybe it was just like when everybody showed up and when the gates opened and the cake was there until it was gone and we were just too late for the cake. I did have questions on like distributing cake in a baseball stadium to strangers. There might've been some issues with that, like just passing cake down the aisle. Um, (laughs) So maybe it was just organizers. But the other- Jen got cake. So if Jen got cake, we should all be happy. But yeah. Jen was, the, yes, we should all be happy, but Jen was also there, like, very early, so it does not answer my question. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, and, 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 and Jen didn't just get to meet Sean. Jen also got to hang out with Aaron and Erica and baby Brooke. And I was so happy because Erica posted pictures of Brooke's first Pride night, and I cried. 
I, I believe it, it, Twitter went through a thing. Non-Nats Twitter went through a thing. They're like, that baby looks a lot like Max Scherzer. We're like, yes. <laughs> that baby <laughs> does look a lot, lot like Max. I mean, like I think the, Ursula was in our mentions in particular, but she certainly wasn't the only one who who had not yet seen the the wonder that is Baby Brooke. Um, and I want to make it perfectly clear. I saw a friend for the first time in almost a year the other day, and she was asking what was new, and I was showing her pictures of Brooke Scherzer. Um, <laughs> so welcome We're, to the rest of the world. This is Brooke Scherzer. We love her. She looks exactly like Max. Yes, very determined. I imagine that baby is working on her growl right now. <laughs> um, and the other thing I want, the other person I wanted to shout out was actually Charlotte Clymer, who uh, did the Let's Play Ball. Yes. Yes. Um, so for a little bit of backstory, Laura, Jen, and, and I were at a baseball game a couple of weeks ago. And I believe Jen and I very subtly, by which I mean probably very loudly. Not right? subtly, very loudly. Very loudly went, is that Charlie Clymer? Um, <laughs> as, as she walked past. Um, for those of you who don't know, Charlotte is a... Um, uh, works for HRC, does a lot of their comms, is very outspoken on Twitter about issues concerning trans rights, you know, LGBT rights in general, and then veterans, sort of services for veterans, because she herself is a veteran. Um, and just an excellent Twitter follow all around. But yeah, we went, his dad's Charlie Clymer, who then came over and was like, I'm looking for a straw. And Jen's like, I can show you where straws are. Um, and they got to talk, talking a little bit. And um, I believe that's how uh, Charlotte got involved with um, <laughs> doing the Let's Play Ball call. So I want to say, like, if this is if this is Hamburger Helper, I helped uh, <laughs> by being rude and loud and public. But excellent. Uh, Charlotte Clymer got to, to say Let's Play Ball, which was, I think, just a really good fit for what they for, for Nat's night out. Yeah. Um, as a as an avid baseball fan um, and obviously very um, outspoken activist. And I will also say I wasn't watching on Masson because we were there. Um, Laura, were you asking people on Twitter about what was being mentioned on Masson? Yes. So I can't, I, yeah. I got this second hand and I will fully, fully recognize that. I was actually driving home from like an hour away. I'd been tied up in something. And so I heard um, probably two thirds of the game on the radio, but didn't get any of it on Masson. Um, and I had stopped to grab food at a rest stop and asked everybody on Twitter, hey, where are we at with Masson? What, if anything, have they said? And the answer initially was nothing. And I know sometimes they do stuff in the pregame, but it's hard if you have MLB TV because you don't get that. Um, and so a few years ago, the year of the Pulse shooting, they had pretty aggressively said nothing. And we started shrieking on Twitter at them. And I mostly mean me, but like some people who were great and also doing the same thing. Um, and that year, they ultimately mentioned it in the 8th. Um, so this year, my understanding is that it was a little bit earlier. Um, now, I don't know that there there was some Twitter shouting by me and other people. I was, you know, again, behind the wheel with the radio on. Um, so I could only do a limited amount of Twitter shouting before I had to get back on the road. Um, but I believe that they first just mentioned it very briefly somewhere in the fifth or the sixth and then i believe revisited it and bob went more into depth about what i think the first time they just said like oh it's night out and then went into you know whatever the play-by-play -play was whereas i think they brought it up a second time and and discussed exactly what that meant for for at least a couple of sentences and showed the rainbow flag um before moving on so i think we're getting at this point like maybe about the same amount of attention as screech's birthday <laughs> 
which is more than we were getting before when we were getting less attention than Screech's birthday. And I think um, that's a good that's a good metric. I will say so they did do promos leading up to Night Out. They on did. Nelson. They definitely did. Um, yeah. So we'll and, give and them credit for that. Kay and I were kind of like, well, they already got our money, so like I guess they're not going to talk about it. Um, but I was I was yeah i mean it got the same amount of of attention during the game as screech's birthday would but prior to the game they definitely did you know talk about it and promote it um i believe bob did most of the talking at which point Mar martha sparring on twitter um who is herself uh you know married a woman um said that uh fp wasn't talking because she didn't want to see him identify the queer people like it was pups <laughs> at the park <laughs> I, and I was I, like, oh my god! I was I was losing my shit ever so uh, slightly in that tweet. I thought that was hysterical. Yeah, um, um, and so, she's so. a very good Twitter follow in general. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that, I was I was pretty entertained by that. Um, so yeah, I was like, well, if he didn't mention it, it was like silver lining. <laughs> I. I think there's something, I think some of the issue here is there's a bit of a disconnect. The nationals themselves have gotten a lot better about promoting it. Oh yeah, they're doing, social media and doing stuff. Great. But Masson and the nationals are not actually the same. Right. You know, and I think that's where this, like the nationals are doing stuff and the nationals are getting better and better and better about it. And Masson's just kind of like, oh, right, okay, right. Like, and a couple of years ago, it wasn't even an official promotion for the nationals. It was just, they're like, yeah, we're affiliated. Yeah, Team DC now, was doing it. Right, and now it's an official promotion of the Nationals, and so maybe it's just going to take it actually being an official promotion of the Nationals before Masson finally gets it through it, gets it through their head that they need to be more upfront about it and treat it more like an like one of the events, you know, like Screech's birthday. Although I'd say they're probably on equal level as the like fifty thousand patriotic days at this point. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, mean that's like, what really gets under my skin is like how many times in a 10 minute span can we thank the military and the veterans and the flag and the flag's dad and <laughs> that just happens right. so nonstop and and then they're like well we don't want to be political we might alienate our fan base and i'm like you're doing things that are political it's just that you and i have different opinions of what that is mm -hmm. yeah and at the very least, I was going to say, like, they also promote the, the hell out of a lot of the, like, college rivalry nights. Yeah, they do which that. Which I'm just like, those are the worst. The those are the worst the to attend an actual game. And Mass and do that because that's more of a moneymaker. Yeah. And so, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with Laura. Like, they promote all of the patriotic stuff and, yeah, better, you know, and salute the troops and, and blah, blah, blah. But I'm just like... At the very least, yeah, give this the Screech's birthday treatment. Give this the, the um, I don't know, UVA versus whoever or versus Virginia Tech treatment. But I think I, I think that's the Nationals are going to have to lead the way because Masson, Masson's not going to do it on them. Yeah. They're just not. It's true. And I think, yeah. I mean, even, even the fact that we now, I, and I'm not, so Erica definitely sort of started the ball rolling on players, families actually talking about Night Out and yeah. being active allies. Um, but I will say that that Sean and Aaron have really kicked it up a notch. They made at least one, if not several visits to Smile DMV, mm -hmm. um, an organization for LGBT youth, which actually is one of the queer fancy stats donations. Um, Every year, so I think, well yeah. Yes, mm -hmm. yeah, they're excellent. Um, and and Sean and Aaron both um, got involved with them and have been posting about it on Twitter um, and did those videos talking about Night Out as well as the cake. And I think, um, you know, as much as you guys know, I love and adore Erica, it's been Erica. Max hasn't gotten particularly involved. 
mm-hmm. um, and and obviously, you know, we 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 could spend a year debating why that would be, but none of us really know Max as much as we like or I like to pretend otherwise. <laughs> um, at the end of the day, you know, having a player using his platform, it's just going to be bigger yeah. than a spouse's, no matter whether you know that's deserved or not. That's the case. And so if Sean and Aaron both are collectively using their platforms together, mm-hmm. that's big. That's bigger than when it was just Erica. Um, the three of them have certainly joined forces in certain ways, and I'm thrilled about that. But, you know, having a player involved, it's it's much bigger than just having some of the spouses talking about it. And, and I love that, and I appreciate that. Um, and I do think the fact that that's true now when it wasn't before we had Sean um, is also something that hopefully will push the nationals who are already doing a good job, but there's always, you know, you could always be yeah. doing more. Of course. And then obviously mass in. And I didn't hear anything on 1067 the fan. Um, although, like I said, I was in and out a little bit. So who knows? I, I, you know, I couldn't swear to that in the court of law. I am not going to excuse or defend 106.7, but to, I listen to a lot of baseball games and they almost never mention whatever the night is. It's whether true. It's, they do very like, little on the promos. Patriotic, like uh, Latino Appreciation Day. They basically just don't mention it at all. They just do the baseball. So for the yeah, record. <laughs> and, and, and so, so that's sort of, I, I agree with you. And that's kind of why I wasn't harassing them on Twitter. <laughs> I, I hope harassing is not the right word. You know what I mean? I wasn't, I wasn't speaking up, right. I wasn't making a fuss on Twitter about the radio broadcast nearly so much as the TV broadcast, because the TV broadcast typically does so much more with the promos. Whereas yeah. I would agree with you, the radio typically does not. Yeah. And I think the standard of please treat this at the very least, like you do any other, any promotion. other, yeah, promotion it is not a terrible it's not a, an unreasonable standard to hold people to like okay. please just treat this on par with how you treat any other promoted night you're doing this to make money off of us so promote it like anything else you're doing to make money off of us right and there i mean there's a whole conversation to be had about the commercialization of mm-hmm. pride and you know corporations capitalizing on it without actually doing anything to make the lives better of lgbt people and that's certainly a very valid um, conversation. I don't really want to sure. go there right now. Yeah, I'm not sure where the nets are falling on that spectrum, but I'm leaning towards capitalism. Uh, right. I mean, I mean, <laughs> capitalism, which yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious how that is going to go. I mean, they did have Spencer, the bad boy who came out um, mm-hmm. and by all accounts were very supportive of him. On the other hand, they have Murphy. Yeah. And I know very little about their labor practices. Yeah. And not, not to not to get off into a huge different thing. It's it's very easy to be chill with the one person you know and not do anything to help with the larger situation. The systemic issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I again I'm not trying to like shit on the nationals or but I'm also not trying to be like, they're so great right now. Yay. Like they're right. a business and they're doing a business thing. And we really don't know where they are gonna fall. Hopefully if some more players want to follow uh Dew's lead here. Like, uh, hopefully that's something that can spark either current players or future players, you know, knowing that he's done it already and we can get more players actively vocal about it. Yeah. I mean, quite frankly, if I ever meet Max and can make words um, <laughs> uh, simultaneously, no, shut up. No. Shut up, Sid, Sid saw me meet FP, so yeah. she has I some insider inside. But but I would, I, I would probably first thank him and then, like, ask him to please 
I don't know. Do something. A little more. Do you use your platform, follow your wife's lead. Yeah. Just give her your phone for five minutes and she'll like post some rainbows on your Twitter and then you can move on with your day. But it would mean so much to so many people. And he's yeah. got to be at least neutral mm-hmm. because there's no way in hell that he could be against any of this. And Erica would be chill with that. I mean, I'm, I, I, like, I, I, I don't pretend to know her well, but I feel pretty confident that that's the case. And he pitched an immaculate inning. Yeah, and I think he pitched an immaculate inning. Let's talk about that really quick because I am furious at myself. Why? Because this was the first game in years that I I brought a non-baseball friend to night out, and because she was there, I freed myself from the burden of keeping score. Oh no! And so of course, Some of us had our score books and put them away yeah. because, like, it was clearly non-baseball time. I he went seven score hitless innings and pitched an immaculate inning. And did I have my scorebook out? No. Did I get texted during the game? I hope you boxed and starred that inning. Yes, I did. Did I have it boxed and starred? No. Aww. Aww. Damn it. Um, can I also say, and I felt better after the fact, um, because I believe Colco posted this on Twitter during the immaculate inning, you're like, oh yeah, Max just had a really quick inning. Yeah. Like it was, he, we are so accustomed to excellence from him that like a bunch of people like, wait, did that, that was, that was especially excellent. But like Colco was like during it, like I don't, I barely noticed because that's just so what we're used to in terms of the standard of excellence with which he plays the game. And on the Mm. same thing, like we were sitting there and we were going, oh wow, this is a really fast game. I didn't realize that they, he was going hitless into the, in the seventh. No. And it was I didn't two really, hours and 20 minutes of a baseball like, game. I was just like, wow, he is, he's being really economical with his pitches. <laughs> he came out at 99 pitches through eight, didn't he? But yeah. it, was, it was the end of the eight that, that ate up those pitches. He went into the eighth inning in like at like 85 or 87. Yeah. Like it was really, really low. And if I had been thinking about it for more than half a second, I'd been like, he probably is doing even better than Max is normally doing. But like... I was just like, oh, yeah, he's at 85 pitches. He's going to probably go complete. Like, literally the words I said to Sydney. <laughs> yeah. And, and I turned to to Jen, who was actually scoring the game a couple seats away. I was like, how many strikeouts is it at? And she was just like, 13. Yeah. <laughs> like Casual. Yeah, like, and yeah. it was just like, oh, okay. And I'm actually surprised oh. that it was that high, considering the... Uh, the low number of pitches. Usually if you're going to have that high mm. of a strikeout game, you're going to have a higher number of pitches because yeah. that's what happens. Yeah, well, well and it's he frankly has you- sometimes, he's sometimes been the exception to that. He's sometimes been so efficient yeah. even with his strikeouts. Mm-hmm. But even if, and, yeah, sorry, go ahead. I mean, it's obviously you need, you, you need three pitches, but somehow he has basically been doing the minimum in a lot of his high strikeout games recently in terms of pitch yeah. count, such that his pitch count is much lower than I think typically would be in a high strikeout game. Because, like, if you yeah. don't throw any balls in an inning, it'll be real yeah. efficient. <laughs> like a, a nine-pitch strikeout inning where we're like, oh, that was good. And again, right now, I'm kill- I'm beating myself up because if I had scored it, I would have my scoreboard, my scorecard right here, <laughs> and I could tell you his pitch per inning or his pitch per batter average. I could tell you that, except I didn't score it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Never again. Never. Again, to all my future non-baseball friends who are coming with me to games, sorry, I'm just going to not talk to you. I have work to do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wrote my scorebook to Fenway Pride Night the other night, and I was annoyed with myself, but no. nothing historic happened. Um, 
The Red Sox lost. No, it was they, fine. They did put little stripy rainbow socks on the mound. Oh yeah, no, that was wicked cute. I actually, I, re- I had a good time. I just didn't have my scorebook. I wish the Nats would do that, mostly just from a design aesthetic. Like it doesn't change their overall like representational stuff. I just think from a design, uh, a design aesthetic, that would be a really cool thing for them to do next year. <laughs> yeah, and the Dodgers did it this year too. So yeah. hopefully everybody will have seen how cool it looked. I mean, when like the wow, the Dodgers did it, and they'll all do it yeah. next year. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I will say the the Blue Jays rainbow logo is uh to quote Brooklyn Nine Nine, tight. <laughs> it's really good looking. <laughs> they have a bunch of rainbow logo stuff in for various teams, and I'm like, this looks amazing. Um some of the hats are just like I mean, they're just awesome. Just from a design perspective, but like I want all of the hats, but like yeah, I think the pirates also had a really good uh night out hat. So now the Blue Jays logo is good. Yeah, yeah I know, right? Um, but yeah, the Pirates night out hat was also really nice looking. Like there was just a bunch of stuff yeah. that um, they made. And again, we're getting back into like, yes, it's capitalism. <laughs> capitalism, shut up and take my money. Yeah. Like, um, I- I'm gonna and I'm gonna go out on a limb here and I'm gonna say I don't think there's a logo in baseball that is not gonna look better for having a rainbow on it. Correct. Well, the Indians. The Indians. <laughs> okay, their C though would look fine. That's I'm not true. talking about their stupid mascot that's awful and should into yeah. the sun, but their C with the block C cool. would look good in a rainbow. I think they did a block C right. with a rainbow brim on the hat, and that, it looks it looks real good. Ooh, a rainbow brim would look good with like everything. No, okay, it would look bad on the Nats red caps. That would look really bad. But if they what use if the, the navy red blue the, caps, what if the red in the rainbow was the same red? It still would mush too much into all one side of the color spectrum. Like you need the contrast. Sorry, right, right, okay. to get if really design nerdy on you. <laughs> you can but have would, blue. Blue is fine. It, with the uh, navy, it would look amazing. And I mean, because yeah. yeah, your your uh, rainbow W hat is navy, isn't it? Or is it black? Yeah, it is. It's navy. Yeah, it's dark. Um, I mean, I don't yeah. even know if I would call it navy. It's a very dark, sort of dusty dark blue. Yeah. Um, and some of them are doing the rainbow on the the underside of the brim of the hat with <gasps> rainbow. That. Yeah, with with rainbow accoutrement on the hat, um, mm. like a rainbow logo. It. Yeah. I mean, there's stuff again. Yes, if we're gonna if we're gonna do capitalism, I want I want good capitalism. <laughs> and I want the players to wear them. Yeah, that that's, that's what the I next want. step. If they're yeah. gonna wear camo for Memorial Day, which is the ugliest goddamn thing in the universe. They need to have the attractive side of design promotional, please. Thank right, you. and so and 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 a few of us were saying that on Twitter that they that that's really the next thing to push mm-hmm. for. Um, and yeah. I was saying just for the Nats, we should push for them to wear something. And somebody I forget who pointed out that um, it's got to be league recognized to be allowed on the field. Yeah, that's um, but I mean, we're up to rainbow wrist guards and stuff. That's true, but but we're only down. There's only two teams left who've never done a night out or a pride night or an equivalent. Yeah. It's what, the Yankees and the Angels. The Yankees and the Angels. Really? Yeah, the Yankees because the Yankees are blah 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 blah, blah and the, the Angels Yankees are, don't believe in fun. Yeah, and the Angels are super conservative. Yeah, I mean the thing, the thing, the only thing I would have thought, the only thing that surprised me at the Yankees. Yeah, I know they're anti-fun and they're the Yankees, but at the same time, they're in New York City and they like money. So I'm surprised. <laughs> Yeah, they um, tried to capitalize on either of those things. Like, yeah, I mean, I think there are probably many people in the Yankees organization who feel that way, and unfortunately, mm-hmm. the people with the power to say yes or no are the ones who do not. That's yeah. a, that's an assumption on my part, but still, mm-hmm. I, I would think, given both the money and the New York, yeah, mm-hmm. 
Well, um, and then I don't really know much about the Angels, although I was I was absolutely laughing my ass off last night um, when Bob and FP were talking about the week that the Nats played the Angels, the Padres, and the Cardinals in one week, and FP was referring to it as Holy Week. <laughs> Gotta remember that, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember that, but it was last I, year. Right? I was I might just not have noticed. I might have been while I was away. I was laughing my ass off yeah. over that comment. I thought it was wicked funny. I, FP occasionally gets just does a good. <laughs> gets what off. Gets what gets what <laughs> off. Um, I did want to say, so the league is actually cracking down because the rainbow risk guard thing reminded me. The league is is clearly anti-fun because they have been one harassing Wilson Contreras on the Cubs about his his Venezuelan arm sleeves. Yeah. Which uh, MLB ugh. has been harassing. Him. Oh yeah. They sent letters. Oh, for they crying out. This letters. Um, they gave Mike Clevenger a hard time about his cleats. Um, they've given, who, been, who what is, you? oh, he's, uh, oh, you should look up a picture of him. He looks like, um, uh, goodness. What is the, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to mess up this joke movie late nineties. K help me out. Um, um, I need a little bit more than that. Donors. Oh, oh, uh, wait, okay. Which stoners from the late nineties? Mo- <laughs> yeah, used. He looks like yes. He looks like Jesus. Yes, he looks like oh, Jason Mew- Jacob okay. Degrom. He does. Uh, which is which? Looks like. That's Jason Muse. Yeah, that's that's Bob uh, Jay from uh, Jay yeah, and Silent Bob. Bob. Jay and Silent Bob. Um, so yeah, he looks like he looks like that. Um, so they've sent him that. They sent Ben Zobris something about his cleats because his cleats are black, high top, old school cleats, and they are awesome looking. But the Wilson Contreras Venezuela sleeve is the worst because Venezuela is going through a massive economic collapse yeah. um, with people literally starving to death. Mm-hmm. And so, like, to tell him that you can't, you know, sort of rep your country during this time is just disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, but the MLB yeah. likes to be disgusting. Mm-hmm. I don't, they're, they like to be disgusting. And again, I don't see why they don't turn this into an opportunity to make money because if they just said okay flag sleeves are allowed now right like everyone we're gonna be would buy them right we're gonna be patriotic as hell about the u.s but you you are not allowed to wear your country right exactly like geo currently on the mound has the curly w with the u.s flag in it which i believe is a violation of the flag code but oh well going. yeah of course it is um flag but like yeah wilson Contreras can't rep venezuela i think it's colton wong who's repping hawaii um, and yeah, they're, they're yeah. also maybe and like again it's going through massive volcanic eruptions like people are losing yeah. their houses let him wear a sleeve yeah um, let people write stuff on their hats or their shoes mm-hmm. let them do whatever they want on their sleeves and by the way if you let people do it players and fans will buy things yeah don't you like capitalism oh my god <laughs> like like <laughs> do a good thing for shitty reasons you're still doing a good thing yeah, I mean capitalism. Yeah, that's the shitty reasons. Yeah, like, <laughs> but if you let people do this, then you can make more money. Yeah, um, and so yeah, I'm I got pretty pretty mad about that, mostly yeah. because I I have a place in my heart for Wilson Contreras. Um, he's good at baseball. I like a catcher. Yeah. I like third baseman. Yeah. I like catchers. Okay. Um, we all know. <laughs> and I'm and I'm not saying that we should we should try to get him or JT Real Muto into a helicopter. <laughs> not uh, saying that at all. Um. Though Keith Law on Twitter was like, if the Nationals take JT Real Muto, will anyone in Miami notice? <laughs> uh, Brittany. I just, but she's not in Miami. 
technically. True, true. Yeah, Ursula, I, but again, not in Miami. While we're yeah. briefly talking about Florida catchers, I just want to say shout out to the Buffalo who came back for two days. <gasps> yes. And we they had gave a, him a tribute video. at the park before he came to bat. He got a Aww. special recognition, which Aww. broke my heart. Yes. He's okay. he is excellent. I hope he and the Buffalita are doing well. <laughs> She's doing excellently. Her Instagram continues to be amazing. Um, oh. But I mean, you know, if the Rays aren't doing so hot. If we can't uh, helicopter Real Muto out of there, maybe we can helicopter Ramos back for a couple yeah. months. I think the Rays aren't doing so hot might be the understatement of the <laughs> <laughs> like. The well, Rays are a dumpster fire. They're not listened, the White Sox, though. Cr- true. I listened um, to one of the Rays games. Actually, I the for some reason for MLB TV, Masson wasn't working, so I listened to the Rays broadcast, which is I always like listening to the opposing team's broadcast because um, often it's you know they have a lot of insights and they're interesting if it's a good broadcast. Um, other than saying the velvet tongue. Of uh, Davy Martinez, which is a phrase <laughs> that is no. burned into my cerebral okay. cortex. First of all, that's not the phrase. That's not the phrase. Yeah. No, they said that. Also, ew. That makes <laughs> me think he has thrush. <laughs> I, I think, ew. okay, Laura and I might be of the less ew variety. Uh, <laughs> my brain he goes doesn't... to thrush. That's okay. Not... Well, now I'm not going to be able to unthink that. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I know how to when, treat that. This is when I'm he called saying. for a um, he called for a um, a review by putting like d- doing like the the earphones thing, mm-hmm. the headphones thing, and then uncalled for it on a play. And they were like, "Oh, he got out of that. It must be the velvet tongue of Davy Martinez." And I'm just like, "Ah!" <laughs> <laughs> can you if you're if the motion is putting the headphones on, can you un- undo it by pretending to take the headphones off? He is that the, talk, is that the signal? Yeah, he was just like, actually, I, I lied. <laughs> actually, actually, I lied. But yeah, so the Ray, the Rays series was, you know, the two game series was was good. It, the outcome was expected. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, except we didn't keep Wilson Ramos. Um, Nobody had their burlap sacks out. Shame on all of us. Shame. Honestly. Um, honestly, speaking of of former catchers for the Nationals, do you know who's pitching for the Giants today? Who's pitching for the Giants today? Uh huh. No. The son of one, Ivan Rodriguez. <gasps> Seriously? Uh huh. Wow. Baby Pudge. Oh my God. Wow. Baby Pudge. Baby Baby Pudge is old enough to be a professional baseball player. Baby Pudge is hot. That's not surprising. <laughs> What's That's his first surprising. name? I need um, to Google him. Baby Pudge. Sydney. I, I actually don't. I think if you there. Google Giants and Rodriguez, you'll probably get within, you know, a, a Derek, good sample it's, size. It's there. um, it's Derek Rodriguez. Yeah, he looks yeah. like a cross between Pudge and old Jacob Degrom. Mm-hmm. He's got the hair. Oh, and an unfortunate chin beard, but like we're gonna let it go. It's baseball. Uh, base. There are very few facial hair, uh, incidents in baseball that are not unfortunate without the chin thing he's real cute yeah he looks like pudge though right he looks smack like pudge yeah and jacob Degrom in their secret love child (laughs) he has much better hair and face than jacob Degrom. Uh, sorry ursula oh yeah his face is good the hair needs to stop but yeah so that's who's pitching today let's all feel old not me god 
converted <laughs> to pitching in 2014. Oh no. <laughs> but yeah, we're about to yeah. hit, we're about to face baby pudge. Um, speaking of of pitchers with unfortunate facial hair, though, mm. Strauss. Oh, our poor dragonfly. Yeah, I was at the game, so I I saw him come out, and then nothing was released, and then I came home. What did that? Have they said anything? Shoulder. He's undergoing an MRI, I think, today. Yeah, they haven't no, 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 said no. anything more than so. So they said shoulder inflammation, no. and he's having an MRI. Um, there was no real indication of how significant or how anything. It was very very vague. There were a lot of people saying that he hasn't looked right. And I would agree mm. so that this isn't really new. And he admitted that, that it's been bothering him a little bit for a while, but that it hasn't been significant enough. Oh. And then last night it was bothering him more. And he actually wanted to stay in. Well, of course he did because he doesn't have a sense of his own. He has no sense of self-protection, but he was so sweaty yesterday. It well, was I, not that hot. And his, well, there was sweat dripping off his hat. Watching, watching the game in the stands. I was hoping to God that it was just, Strasbourg bad at heat. Strasbourg melt. Like no. that like he's had to cut he's had to leave games to go get multiple IVs before. And I was hoping it was just like he's melting. I mean, yeah. originally I thought he was hungover. <laughs> I don't I didn't see anything about him in the um in terms of the caps at all, but I, I was just I was just assuming like he needed to go have an, a couple IVs and then he would be fine today. That it's his shoulder really stresses me out. Because we're already bleeding badly enough, like yeah. to like get another stab wound here. Because Helixon's on the deal. S- stop! We're already dead. Yeah, <laughs> he's but a scratch. <laughs> uh, poor, poor Honeybeard Dragonfly. Oh God, Straws, please just please just let this be something where he can sit for five days with a gigantic. Except no, if it's been bothering him for multiple starts, the outcome is. Just degrees of badness, not ever a not bad situation. Yeah. I mean, hopefully it's a case of of shoulder inflammation where they're just like, okay, cortisone shot. Like, we'll do it. But yeah, our best bad outcome. Yeah. Yeah. If they're going to find, you know, scar tissue, foreign bodies, calcium deposits, um, foreign bodies, the tiny crab, maybe. Sydney. Like the crap that, that ends up in people's shoulders. Yeah. That's not a foreign body. I mean, it's not supposed to be there, so it's foreign to the shoulder. (laughs) I am an ecologist. He has an invasive species in his damn shoulder. (laughs) Maybe it's aliens. Maybe he's just got a little colony of aliens. Damn it, Jim. (laughs) Um, like, yeah, I'm I'm the opposite of McCoy. I'm not a doctor. (laughs) I am an unlicensed doctor. Oh God, let's hope. Let everybody. Everybody, fingers crossed and toes crossed. Shrines lit. I'll get out my I'll get out my paperclip when I go back to work from last season that I kept. (laughs) What I may I didn't I don't have I still don't have a straws bobblehead. So when I was making my shrine during the playoffs, I took a paperclip and I unbent it and and I put a little post-it note beard on it and a little Nats cap. And that was my Strasbourg. (laughs) And it worked because that was the game he played sick and like Strasbourg did. Like he pulled the Strasbourg. Yeah. Um. I want to say that even though we call him our dear honeybeard dragonfly, like people are like, oh, he's soft, blah blah blah. And I'm just like, can we stop? Can we stop with the narrative? Yeah. Like he gutted that one out. Right. In Chicago, um, he educated everyone as to the dangers of mold and then gutted it out. Yeah. So like, I'm gonna gut people if they don't 
this well, is and actually, I'm using I mean, that game as an example of pulling a Strasbourg. Yeah. My mother, who is extremely tough, has been made extremely sick by mold. So just for what it's yes. worth, like that no, isn't that isn't weird. That's yes. a real thing. It took her like two weeks to recover, and she will fight you. Yeah, mold gross, mold very bad for you, unless it's in cheese, in which case it's very good for you. <laughs> mold is a very broad term. I'm sure Sydney can talk about that more. <laughs> I, I can. <laughs> I like it when it's in cheese. I it like makes that. cheese taste good. Speaking of fungi, uh, as, <laughs> as we were, Laura texted me, I think at one point, did you know lichen have three components? And I'm like, I'm so happy. I'm the person that gets a text like, yeah. I'm like, well, yes, I kind of did. But like, thank you for telling me. Because if I didn't know, I would have been really excited. <laughs> yeah, that was probably like, what, a month ago? I was yeah. at my parents and my mom was pointing to the, they, they have this like really cute, sort of it grows on my parents back deck and it looks like little tiny like christmas flowers but it's lichen and so my mom was telling me all about the ecosystem of her deck lichen and i had my mind slightly blown by the fact that there are actually three things in it so i texted sid about it were you liking what you were seeing i was fungi or fun guys <laughs> um <laughs> let's <laughs> move away from let's stupid move science away. teacher jokes <laughs> Never. Um, Bryce is playing center field. Yeah, Bryce is like, playing center field. Back to today's game that's currently happening. Um, Bryce is playing center field, which is what he wanted three years ago. And I have no idea if he wants it anymore. But Eaton is in the game. Eaton is in the Let's game. Start with that. Eaton is back. Eaton's leg is attached. Full, full, full. Oh. It's not a little wheel. It's not a click wheel. <laughs> oh. It's not. <laughs> I'm envisioning like the dogs. With a little cart. Yeah. Oh. Or like or like a robot pirate. He could rock one of those badass running blades, I'm just saying. He could. Um I don't we, want him to have to. Yeah. That let's sounds not. like a long rehab. It's full, full, full. But let's, let's put him in the Stanley Cup for luck. <laughs> but yeah, that's exciting. This is his first game back. Did he even do a rehab? Because I was trying to pay attention to whether he was doing any rehab starts and yeah. I think he just did he no, just he did. He did yeah, he was in Harrisburg. Okay. Yeah, I think Jorge Castillo on on Twitter has been stuck in Harrisburg for like twelve days. Just oh, fall. poor Jorge. Yeah, there's nothing to do there. Uh, Jorge, I hope you like beer <laughs> and <laughs> food that is onion centric because that is the <laughs> middle of Pennsylvania. Um, fun lots fact. of sausage and potatoes too. Yeah. Yeah. Fun so fact: Jorge and I grew up not half an hour from each other. Cool. Cool. But yeah, so that's good news, and it has resulted somehow in Bryce playing center. I don't. I don't know why. I mean, he's looked less lost in the outfield since I gave him that talking to when I came down. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't. I wasn't more. I guess I understand why. I what it was more just like we got Eaton to be the center fielder. Why isn't he in center field? I imagine maybe they're still... wary. Yeah. Yeah. Just giving him like a breather in the slower corner. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Building I him mean, up to it. The, the he, Matt Adams corner. And he is a better outfield, or he is a better corner outfielder than he is a center fielder. Not saying he's a bad center fielder. I'm just saying, like, he good at corner. We have a real good center fielder who's been hitting above 300 the last 15 games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you okay? You okay there? I'm just, I'm good. Well, Davey said, Davey said pretty clearly that they're going to share time. Yeah. Yeah. I think the difficulty right now is <sighs> Michael A. Taylor is finally starting to claw his way back. Thank you, sweetie. You're doing amazing. Um, but those orange slices and and pep talks have really helped. <laughs> the notes that you put in his lunch pail, very nice. 
We cut all the crusts off his PB&Js. Why? <laughs> Toughen him up. He needs to learn how to eat crust. Um, That's where all the nutrients are. Anyway, um, like he's doing better, but there is a perception of him from the beginning of the season where he was kind of back to pre-2017 form. And, you know, I, I've, I've been trying to not read commentary on Michael A. Taylor because a lot of people call him just to start with Michael K. Taylor. And I'm like, stop it. Mm. Stop it. Leave him alone. I um, will fight those people the next uh, time you see that. Call me and I will fight them. And uh, there's been a lot of suspicion of that his, like, last season was the fluke season. And this season is him returning to form. And I'm like, again, stop it. Stop. But I, I wonder, like, the thing is with this, like, they don't want to pull one soda out of the outfield because, of course not. He is destroying it. Well, like, with the hitting, not as much. His fielding has been fine. I, again, that's why you stick him in the corner. I mean, yeah. Yeah. His, he's I, fine. He, I mean, he's, he's at least Matt Adams fine in left field. I'd say he's oh, yeah, don't get me wrong. Adams. He's certainly Matt Adams fine. I think yeah. he's a little bit better. But, I, I mean, yeah. last night was one of the first games that I've actually gotten to watch a significant amount of him and i was like oh okay you 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 should have caught that you'll catch that in a year or two and also i don't want him um he is doing so well right now that i really do not want him to feel like his job is in danger and then pull a a robles yeah and get like i do not want to see that happen to him for a huge variety of reasons but regardless like you don't want to pull him out of the lineup because he's eating baseballs um (laughs) for every meal you know, as well, he should keep some weight on. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know, like, butter milkshake and baseballs. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I see why in the, in the, you want to get eaten back in there because you want to see how he's doing and, and see if he's the eaten that you always wanted him to be. And so among the, the Bryce, Mikey, Eaton, Soto, not a triad. What's the word for f- not a rectangle polygon <sighs> polygon in that, in that. Yeah. Tetragon. Thank you. Uh, in the tetragon of um <laughs> that's that's something in transformers that's not a real word okay <laughs> i don't shut up <laughs> shut up tetragon. anyway um i totally lost the plot here i'm sorry in that four man mash yeah you want to put eaton bryce and so yeah. out there the, the and dinner Mikey's party of sick. outfielders that we have yeah, it, the, it, the pedicab of outfielders. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, can I mention now that that Rendon has gotten a hit? Um, because apparently today is is Thursday Saturday. He is not wearing an undershirt anymore. It's mm. hot. It's basically um, the greatest thing to have ever happened to me. <laughs> um, he has a very visible chest tattoo, and might I just say, thank you, baseball gods. <laughs> He's like unbuttoning multiple buttons, and I'm just like, oh, okay. I mean, why wear so, it entirely? So there was definitely like, I feel like last year Worth was kind of ringleading the like, let's not button anything crusade. Yeah. Him and Bryce were both but, like open shirt, no undershirt. Right, and Bryce yeah. is still doing it, but I feel like it's starting to catch on again. Yeah, yeah. Rendon and Turner, and Turner, I'm just kind of like, you need to wear an undershirt because you're gonna have road rash on like your whole body um but like yeah it's sorry that was that has been a delightful uh, a delightful new development (laughs) i'm like thermoregulation is very important guys well we'll probably be seeing a lot more of it because it is june in dc and it is just gonna get worse here i I was struggling last night and it wasn't even that hot yet hottest may on record was it yeah 
Really? Global, global warming is not in DC, but na but nationwide, it was the hottest May on record. Coldest April, hottest May. Mm-hmm. Welcome to climate change, guys. Yep. yep. Is that real? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's just it's just gonna get worse, and probably by the end of the season, we're gonna be seeing shirts and skins. Oh no. Oh. What a terrible, terrible thing. Actually, it would be a terrible thing because everybody would have road rash on their entire bodies. So well, we could just that. make the pictures be the skins and then only Max would get road rash. Feeling all them bases. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. you know. I still can't believe they put him into pinch it last night. Um, You know what? He's hitting well enough that yeah. it, it might as well. I yeah, mean, I mean, why burn a bench guy in this yeah. situation? We were in he's hitting time. better than half the bench guys. Yeah, though with fewer plate up here. Yeah, it's much, I mean, look, I love him. I want to see him hit, but much smaller sample size. So... Um, and then I would also say that um, that you know it, it, they kind of did the same thing last year with Joe Ross occasionally. Yeah, they had him pinch run a fair amount too. Yeah, yeah, he pinch hit and he pinch ran. Right. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was less the default is go to Joe Ross. It was more okay. We're in a bind. But Joe Ross is here and he's got his cleats on. Go. And, right. and and he is wonderful. Oh, I miss him. Come back to me. But Max, it was like it almost felt like well we need a pinch hitter. Max is the first choice. That's what it felt like. Yeah. You know, I don't think that was the actual thought process, but that's certainly what it felt like. And I was mostly like, are you sure he's not hung out too hungover to be doing this? Like to go back to what we started with, I'm surprised he could stand up. I'm sure he he was also like FP up on a table. Yeah. Uh, I, screaming. Somebody said to me, and I can't remember who it was, but they were basically saying like he was saying that he was really, really happy he did not have to pitch yesterday. He tweeted that. Is yeah. that what it was? He tweeted it? Yeah. yeah. Because I'm sure he got lit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he yeah. literally told the entire world yeah. himself yeah. on Twitter that he was too hungover to pitch. Yeah. Um, his exact words were, thank God I don't have to pitch today because last night was nuts. Yeah. Um, the wide-eyed emoji, the champagne emoji, the champagne flute emoji, <laughs> hashtag all caps, hashtag all champs. Yeah. So again, the first choice of Max, I'm like, can can he run without falling down? Does he need to, like, I felt like he was going to act like somebody when you're playing pin the tail on the donkey and you've just spun them around 50 times and you're just going to kind of stagger in concentric circles to the base. <laughs> like, <laughs> so he's going to oh, babe, still... babe roof it. Yeah. Oh God. He's I mean, so he can bad. pitch and he can hit. So <laughs> yes. Hungover is the, I believe, the Babe Ruth triple crown. <laughs> yep. He's uh, still Max, hungover or not. Just yeah. nobody asked any of these guys to sing, and I think we'll all be fine. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, why don't why don't we wrap it up? Just yeah, because I, I know I know that we have maybe lost the thread of the plot just a tad. Yeah. The, the thread of the plot. We're mixing the metaphors already. But yeah. So in in the spirit of this week's night out, Laura, why don't you give us some queer fancy stats? For yeah. So, so for those not aware, um, queer fancy stats, um, has recently shifted to being, um, based on Murphy's actual rehab numbers because he is playing in games in Harrisburg. Um, so we do have, and yes, poor Jorge is, is, is the Harrisburg beat right now. And so the most recent total, um, as of, the end of the game yesterday, so that would have been the eighth. Um, the June total was at thirty-one dollars and eighty-seven cents. The June total? May. Yeah. No, the the, the, the running, oh, no. running the so far this month. Gotcha. This month being June. 
Sorry, we are up 31? To... Am I, did I hear you? I'm sorry. You did. You heard me correctly. It is up to $31. I think there were a number of bonuses okay. for pride things. Okay. And so I was like, how is that possible? And thirst basement. Yeah. And this month. Oh, yeah. That's right. I found it. So she's quadrupling mm. um, for, for okay. night out. Okay. Um, so the game that he played on night out was quadrupled. So it was $11 from a single game. Nice. Um, as well as some thirst basement bonuses. Yeah. Um, and this month, the month of June, the donation will be going to Capital Pride, um, which obviously puts on Pride, but also does a number of other really mm -hmm. great things for the community. Um, and just since I don't know if we got the wrap up from May, um, the the May total ended up being thirty dollars and thirty two cents. So we're already um, past May. We are already past May, so happy Pride Month. Um, and the May donation went to the scholarship fund at Team DC Sports. Um, for those who don't know Team DC, um, they organize a lot of the LGBT sports events in DC, as well as um, a number of, of opportunities to play. Um, and they have a scholarship fund for LGBT youth athletes um, who are trying to afford college and so they they provide scholarships for those kids and they're a really great organization so yay yay queer yay. fancy stats um check out jen rubenstein on twitter at jen rubenstein or at queer fancy stats for more information okay um and we want to get a couple other things that are relevant before we officially sign off um the first thing i wanted to shout out to um is expanded roster that's at expanded roster on twitter it is from Amanda Smith and Kelly Wallace, amongst and now many more people. They're trying to put out a far more inclusive. Is it all sports or is it just baseball? Um, yeah, it's not baseball. baseball. It's just it's, it's just it's, baseball. Not. Baseball. I don't know if there are going to be other features as related. I know it's. I know it's baseball focused. Okay, so baseball focused, and maybe we'll grow. But there, it's going to be an inclusive group of sports writing opportunities and sports articles for you know women non cis people non non binary people non uh you know gay people lesbians every all inclusive of the umbrella there's an acronym for that i know there is but i'm as we've <laughs> demonstrated many times on the show i am bad at acronyms it's but, it's for non men yeah is what I mean, i'm going to say it's for it's and, an, yeah go ahead yeah so sort of aimed at actual inclusivity in terms of baseball writing um they're they their brand is basically like joyful baseball and nihilism yeah. which i'm just like oh that's my brand yeah um, and yeah so and definitely i mean they've posted about like they don't want to be anything like all the play the game the right way bs um, you know, I know it, so it's, it's two white women that are, that are starting it, but they do at least have some really great delineated goals, mm -hmm. um, about being anti-racist and inclusive on, on race lines as well. Although, um, you know, and white women talking about other white women, I, I can't really speak to how they're doing on that so far, but we completely support those goals. Absolutely. As yeah. well. And obviously we'll have to, you know, see how they keep doing, but I know they've already gotten sort of the thumbs up from a number of other people who are respected on these points you know so that's helpful that yeah and i don't i don't know if, if i can tell you yet what britney de la creta's yeah. column is gonna be but it sounds yeah i mean 
sorry, go ahead. I, I know what it is and I can't tell you, yeah. I don't think, but I'm telling you that it's amazing. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's, they, they've attracted the, the approval of a number of people who I certainly personally respect. And so I think that points that they're, they're moving in the right general direction and I, I'm not going to remember the link. So I'm not even going to try. We'll put it up at some yeah, point. They have, they have please a check out their Kickstarter and um, help the, them out. Please do. It's the, sorry. It's the pinned tweet on their Twitter. So if you yeah. go just to at expanded roster, um, you can find their Kickstarter right at the top. Yeah. Um, and yeah, their goal is to raise, and I think about 25 days um, from now, uh, another 6,000. They've raised 4,000 thus far. Mm -hmm. um, the sort of outlined business plan that they have, they've delineated has been sort of, has been basically, we want to pay for photos that we actually have the rights to because they feel photographers should get paid for their work. Mm -hmm. um, so money is going to that. They want to pay writers, which again, right. you know, there's a lot of, ethos of free writing in baseball. So I, yeah. I like the ethos of pay people for, for services. They're not looking for free bloggers who want attention, who, who are, yeah. are doing it for, for the free exposure. exposure. You know, I, they have gotten endorsements, as we said, from a variety of folks that we respect in the baseball world. They've also gotten the endorsement of Devin Sawa, which... Wait a minute, what? <laughs> yes, what? former... Former teen heartthrob De is, Devin Sawa. What is he even doing these uh, days? As, as my husband put it, oh, star of idle hands, Devin Sawa. Um, I don't, I don't know. I know. Oh, is. I know. This is our 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 childhood. He was in our Tiger Beats. <laughs> um, I believe he was in Sassy Magazine. Okay. Um, and Bop. And um, Bop. and Teen Bop. Oh. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So I was like. Okay, lots of folks I really respect in the baseball world. What is happening? And they were like, "Oh my god!" What uh, is, seriously? What is he even doing? I think he's just he's living his life, Kay. Living off all that Casper the Friendly Ghost money. Yes, like I am mad that stuff. Can, I'm I mad just that you can pull him. that out of out of the sky, though. I'm mad about that. Um, yeah. So he's he's still working as an actor, but he is definitely former teen heartthrob Devin Sawa. Yeah. Okay. Well, now I'm now I'm completely mentally derailed. But anyway, please, you know, if you like us, I have a feeling you're gonna like what expanded roster is is trying to get going. So please help them if you can. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing them. Uh, yeah, and, and if you like and... if you like us, it may contain us. It um, may contain us. Yeah. So I think I think we're gonna be involved with it in some way, though. Um, they're they're very excited about launching a few of the features that they have. So um, I know our 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 sort of select selectively strategically launching various features and and things that they're doing because um, you know they both work as baseball writers and and correspondence. Um, and so I think that that's, that's going to be a really exciting project. And I'm, I'm hoping, you know, we can contribute to it in some way. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that we wanted to shout out, and this is in the interest of, I guess, um, enlightened self-promotion, <laughs> um, is I, the piece I wrote up about ejections, um, uh, sort of that umpires disproportionately eject non-white players. Um, I applied to go to Sabre Seminar and I'm going to be presenting for eight entire minutes about the work I've done and that I applied with, as well as some additional work that I have done since then um, about disproportionality in ejections and a little bit about the role of monitoring systems, um, which seem to have an effect on uh umpiring generally and umpiring um in terms of disproportionality of ejections of non-white players in particular so, so we're uh, sorry go ahead 
Well, yes, I was going to say, Kit Kat and Laura are going to come to Boston. Yeah, we're going to be in the uh, audience cheering for her um, while she kicks ass with statistics, as she often does. Um, so I'm I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, and I think I'm going to be in Indianapolis in October doing um, a slightly longer presentation at another conference on the same on the same topic. So we'll uh, you if you're if you're coming to Saber Seminar, please don't heckle. But I'd love to meet you. Yeah, but please don't heckle. And please don't ask me if I know what a p-value is. I do. Do, do you? I'm going to ask you a question. What, yeah. Does your the presentation you are doing or are part of does it have a specific name? So if people are coming to Saber Seminar, they know what to go to. I I don't have the schedule yet. I just okay. checked before the podcast, and they haven't put it together. What I can tell you is, I believe there's a main room. There's going to be they said two to three hundred people in the room, and I am presenting for eight entire minutes. Okay, so we'll keep uh, we'll keep everybody updated. But yeah, if yep. if there's something that you guys are interested in, I know they do single day and full weekend passes for this. So, you know, if you want to come and check out just said you can do that without having to have interest in everything else or if you have interest in everything else you can certainly come come for said stay for all the rest of the statistics yeah. um, um, and they do have half off for students if that's relevant to any of our listeners as well so yeah. but come we can, for the statistics stay for the statistics is that your new nickname the statistics said <laughs> <laughs> yeah put it on the back of my jersey yeah um, I did literally spend Wednesday or Thursday in a hot room in Queens talking about p-values of people. Actually, so like, no, we're we're getting you a personalized jersey that just says p-value on the back of it. Yeah, sorry, Happy no values but p-values. <laughs> <laughs> Can you put decimals on a custom number? Can we make your I number on that jersey 0.01? Yes, I don't see can. why not. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I had to explain. It, like, part of part of me being in a hot room in Queens was talking about that. Like, 0. 0.05 is somewhat of an arbitrary bright line used in biology, but like, I, I don't know if there's a standard one in in baseball. Um. <laughs> like, I'm like, it's social science research, so 0. 0.1. I don't know. Um, so yeah, if any of our intrepid listeners can be like, well, in baseball, the standard practice is 0. 0.05 or whatever, uh, g- let me know. That's what I've been using, but like, I'm not sure that that's an appropriate one to use. Okay. So every other, every other stats nerd out there, please. Oh God, no, actually don't, don't. Every stats nerd out there, please don't hit us up because that just opens us up to arguments we don't want to have. But if you have an answer to that question, yes, yeah, feel free to let us know without well you... actualing us. Uh, you can let us know at our Gmail, rustingpitchface at gmail.com. You can let us know on Twitter, rustingpitchface with no G. You can go to our website. There is a comment system there, but I don't believe anyone has ever used it. Um, they our website... have, and I really? have deleted said comments because they were not appropriate. Ah. Oh, Fine. good. Okay. Uh, but the, the feedback system in the website does work, and it does go to um, our... an e- yeah, it goes to an email, and I resp- someone actually wrote a very long, a very long piece of feedback through the feedback system um, about the ejection stuff that I did answer. They have okay. not answered me back, but that's okay. Moving along, there's our website, restingpitchface.com, and that has links to everything I mentioned, as well as to our Zazzle store. If you're ever interested in buying one of our t-shirts or pins or uh, the stickers. much crappier stickers that are in our Zazzle store than the ones that, if you see us in person, you can have. But other than that. <sighs> I guess, you know, we'll see you next time. I'm Kay. I'm Laura. And I'm Sydney. Let's go Nats. Let's go Caps. Let's go Nats. Let's go Caps. Let's go Nats. Let's go Caps. I'm sorry, Sydney. (laughs) (laughs) Please come back, Tyler. It's just not the same since you went away. We really miss your eyewear. And the way 
confused that is at the plate. There's a seat for you right next to Drew, and we need you to pitch the aid. Besides, there's no other team uses chocolates as to celebrate.